Welcome back or welcome to the Strides Grow podcast. I'm your host, Nate Reich. Before getting into the episode, I wanted to give a reminder that tomorrow's the Texas qualifier. And I had the opportunity to sponsor the men's Olympic 5K, where they will be going after Olympic standard. Check out the Trials of Miles Racing Instagram or website for more information. And it will be live streamed on the Sidious Mag YouTube channel for free. This conversation with Matt was one I've been wanting to have for some time now. Matt is currently the assistant coach for both District Track Club and George Washington University and was also my teammate while we both were at Furman University. We go down memory lane a bit, talk about being an NCAA coach during the pandemic, his relationship with running, the benefits of mental performance, how Kobe is the absolute best, plus much more. Without further ado, my conversation with Matt Cake Lang. Oh, today we're really lucky to have one of my uh, best friends, my teammate in college, uh, coach at George Washington, my man, Matt Cake Lang. What's up, my dude? I appreciate that, Gray Wolf. I mean, you know, get the, I mean, we both have nice nicknames, so I feel like already we're we're off to a good duo start right there. But I appreciate you having me. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Of course. I, I was trying to remember, like, how did Kate come up? I just remember, like, one day you joking around and being like, I'm going to have Robert Gary call me Cake by the end of college career. But, like, where did it even come yeah, from? Yeah, so it was funny. It's the, the original story is not that good. Like, there's just this kid in high school. He just started calling me Cake. It was when Rihanna had that one song come out, that Cake, Cake, Cake. And he just started calling me Cake, and it picked up in high school. Um, and then it was like freshman orientation, and you know they're doing all the like icebreakers, and it would always get to like what's a fun fact like about yourself. And like most people, I'm like I don't know what's a fun fact about me. So I was like, uh, and I, like they used to call me Cake, and I just remember some of the football players on my hall. They were like, Yo, that's Cake, that's Cake, and so it kind of got a second life at Furman. Uh, and I did, I did eventually get Coach Gary to call me Cake at least once. Um, I feel like if the race went well, it, it would be Cake, and if it didn't, I would get some cupcakes or or something like that. But uh, Cake came out on occasion, which was which was good. Oh man, Gary, Gary, what a legend! What a legend! Um, I mean, it was it, it was really cool. Obviously, Furman was uh, was a was a really fun time. We both uh, came in together. Um, and so let's go down memory lane real quick. Like what was so appealing, um, for, for, for Furman, for you as a guy from, uh, New York? Yeah. So, uh, I hadn't even heard of Furman before the summer going into my senior year. And I would always go to this running camp in the summer. Uh, the running school is in downstate New York. And, uh, my like camp counselor, uh, Sean Brosnan, who actually is now the high school coach at Newberry park, the reigning, uh, Nike national, uh, team champions. I was talking to him about my college search and kind of what I was looking for. And what I was looking for was a program that valued, you know, distance running, um, and a place that I thought had a really good coach. Cause I felt like if I could get that, then, you know, kind of the sky would be my limit. And I brought up a few schools that I was looking at to Sean. And he was like, well, hey, you know, Robert Gary is heading down to, to Furman. They're going to start a, a pro group down there. Um, and it's it's a fresh program. So it's not like trying to, you know, get a spot at Oregon's program or NAU. Like they're new enough to where, you know, they're, they're going to need to bring in people. But they're also in a few years, I have a feeling they're going to be good. So uh, I emailed Coach Gary like the day I got back from camp, uh, heard back from him you know, that week. And then back then it was talking to Jeff C, Corey Leslie, uh, Chris Neal on the phone and just hearing about some of the other guys that were coming in on visits. And then as guys committed, um, I, I had a great visit myself. <clears throat> it was like, okay, this is a place that I want to be. I went to a super small high school, 40 graduating people in my class. So 
for me, any college was big. So I didn't care about that. It was all about running and all about a place where I thought I, I could get kind of the individual attention to, you know, make it to that next level. Yeah, man. I mean, it, it was it was such a fun time. Obviously, I uh, I kind of got out a bit a <laughs> bit early um, on you guys, and I I still remember you were the first person I called, and I was like, yeah, man, I'm not coming back. Um, and you decided to after your four uh, four years go to G Dub. Um, mm -hmm. what, what was that process like? And I'm sure there was a academic side to that as well. And, uh, what, what, what made you choose that? Yeah. Um, before I get into that, I think one cool thing about Furman was kind of that group we came in with. Um, even now I think it might be the biggest class and we, we did have some people transfer, um, yourself being one of them. Um, but it was just such a great group of guys, like e evenly, like, a, like as soon as we all came in <clears throat> being from all over the country, but just really meshed. And, you know, I think most college athletes struggle at one point or another, whether it's academically, athletically, socially, all three at the same time. Um, and just having that group there, I mean, still, obviously we, we still talk all the time. still talk to a lot of those guys. So uh, that was definitely the, the best part of Furman for me. But then when it came time for me to think about what was next, I'd actually gotten hurt the summer going into Furman. So I didn't compete that fall for cross country. So I knew I had at least a fall semester of eligibility left. And I had a really you know hard conversation with uh, the coaching staff at Furman. I, I wanted to finish out my career there. But when it came to the idea of my own personal development, I thought it would be better for me to redshirt the spring of my senior year and kind of look at fifth year options. Um, my best friend from high school actually was graduating from George Washington that semester as well. So we went into college together and he was like, Hey, you know, why don't you look at GW? And at the time, George Washington was a program that was still trying to find its own feet. It, they had added track, I want to say in 2014. So it, it didn't have track at the division one level until then. So it was cross country only. And, you know, I think most distance runners will tell you if they're going to go try to compete in college, they, they want to be at a program that's going at it year round. So they didn't have a, a ton of claim yet. But uh, after speaking with Coach Weir and kind of telling him what my goals were, which were I wanted to make it to the first round of nationals and I wanted to you know get into collegiate coaching. He said, you know, I, I can't make any guarantees, but, you know, if you come here, you're going to get the individual attention. You're already you know, you have that base under you. We'll just kind of tune you up and we'll make it happen. Um, and you know, I, I was just telling him about this the other day. It was fun, funny enough. Uh, I told him I wanted to do two things, make the first round of nationals and get into college coaching. And I made the first round in the steeplechase that spring and he hired me that June as the full-time assistant coach. So, uh, super, super lucky to kind of get into coaching. I was 22 at the time. So I, I joke, I'm, I was the youngest coach in the NCAA, but, uh, you know, he, he took a, a lot of faith in me and uh still here now so i like to think it's working out jeez man i don't know i don't know how he how he puts up with you man after i mean after two years i had to get out of there dude i, I, th I think i just he's he's just eroding you know i just <laughs> ate, ate away at it and now he, he's stuck with me and it's funny he's also a south alabama guy so we all met uh when nate was running at the canadian champs in 2019 summer of 2019 <laughs> yeah um so Nate actually got to meet Coach Terry Weir. He ran down at South Alabama in college. So uh, we all had a good time, you know, up there getting to watch Nate race, uh, run some some quick time. So it was good. It was good to get up to Canada. And yeah, man. That. Yeah, that was so much fun. And knowing that his roommate was our head coach, which was which was super funny, and um, how like strict he was on strict he is on, on us on grades, and to find out he <laughs> he struggled yeah. as well, which was like super funny. Um, to actually talk to him and obviously like you said your assistant coach at g-dub and i mean the pandemic i'm sure has been really tough on it i mean obviously you and i talked when uh, a couple programs were being cut throughout the country and so how has it been coaching and and i'm sure for the athletes it's um when the, when they get those opportunities it's like all right like let's freaking hit this thing yeah. So, you know, there's, there's a lot to unpack with that one, you know, kind of when this thing all started, we weren't sure how long this was going to last. I mean, it's still going on now a full year later. So I remember kind of getting the call saying that they were going to cancel the one, the, the indoor championship. 
uh, the day before it happened, and, and that was tough because we had a couple of Furman teammates that were going to run there. But two, then when they kind of took away that outdoor season, and the, the first thing I had to do was, you know, call the seniors. Seniors, fifth years who, you know, in track and field, you know, we're still trying to struggle to find that professional level. There's not really, really a league you can go to. So for a lot of people, college is it. You only get four years, maybe five if you're lucky. And, you know, the idea of having kind of your last few races taken away from you um, and when you're healthy, you know, our sport has enough injuries in it, but when you're ready to go and then someone just comes down and says, hey, it's over. Um, those were some tough phone calls. And I still, I feel really bad for those athletes the same way I feel for, you know, the seniors in high school who weren't going to go compete at the next level. They had worked their whole, you know, career to get to that point, And then it just ended. So that was really tough. But at GW, we didn't actually come back in the fall. So I didn't see the team for 10 months, something like that. And then, you know, we finally get back. And I think it took a solid three weeks to get everyone cleared with paperwork, COVID protocol, just figuring everything out. Still with this ongoing, you know, COVID pandemic, we had three practices before our first race. So we had three practices in a year before our first cross country race. But like you said, it was like, Hey, we haven't had this in a year. We didn't have these opportunities. A lot of people still don't have these opportunities. So if we're lining up to race, Let's make the most of it. Um, and we had some good performances. We're racing again uh, down in Richmond for winter cross country, which is an idea in itself. But we're doing that again on a Saturday. So we're kind of gearing up for conference champs and, yeah, trying to make the most of the opportunities that we do have now. Yeah. And what, are you guys running indoors or, like, what does that look like? Or do you guys even have men indoors? Yeah. So uh, a couple things. Yeah. Uh, with the pandemic, GW did cut men's indoor um, but nothing else, which we'll take. Cause you know, once again, there are some programs that got much worse news than, than we did. Um, and programs that quite honestly have done more than we have, uh, like look at Clemson and what they're dealing with. So we were going to compete this indoor season anyway. And even with that, we're still allowed to travel and run for GW. It's, it's more of, we can't go to postseason. Um, but the Atlantic 10, the conference we compete in at, at the division one level, they canceled the indoor championship this season. So I think most of the programs kind of were like, all right, if there's no championship, we're going to focus on cross country for our distance runners. Um, and then we'll shift over to track for outdoors. So we're not going to go to any indoor meets um, just because for us, you know, it's all eyes on March 5th. We have our conference championship for cross and it's going to be a quick turnaround. I bet we have our first outdoor meet, you know, three weeks after that. So uh it, we went from having no races to we're going to have a bunch in a s- super short window. Uh, fingers crossed we just get a bunch of negative tests because, you know, we're getting tested weekly. There's a lot that goes into going to some of these collegiate meets. Sometimes you need to test two to three times a week. And as long as we can stay healthy, you know, we're, we're excited to race. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, I remember when I when I mean, you and I were trying to figure out what college we're we're going to go to I, I for me it was really hard to figure out like what do these coaches actually want like what are these coaches actually looking for and i think uh firm did a good job they definitely would recruit two or three like solid uh athletes like you and i who have run 420 418 in high school and then all of a sudden they would get some of those blue blue chip recruits uh what does g-dub look at in in their athletes and what type of athletes do they go after yeah, so uh, I'm, I'm in charge of – I'm the head recruiter here at GW, so I do the recruiting for both the, the men and the women. And I'd say for, for any person out there that's trying to look at, you know, competing at the collegiate level, um, our college coach, Chris Neal, he's adamant that there is a team for everyone in cross-country and track and field, whether that's D1, D2, the D3. If you really love the sport and you're willing to work hard, you will find yourself uh, on a roster. But so for us competing at the division one level in the Atlantic 10, one, I, I want someone that wants to be here. Uh, you know, it's, it's great to kind of go after some of the state champs, footlocker qualifiers. But if you feel like you're doing more of the work as the coach to even keep their interest, uh, I'm not going to waste my team's time because I think they're worth more than that to have to convince someone that they want to be a part of this. So the first thing is, I want someone who genuinely wants to do it at this level and could see themselves doing it at George Washington. Two, uh, I'm looking for someone that 
you know, the biggest thing for them is answering that why or, or how good can I be? Like, why do I do it at this level? Not someone who's like, okay, I want to go to D1. I want to get gear for, so when I go home for Thanksgiving, I'm sitting at the table and everyone thinks I'm cool because I'm a division one athlete. You know, I have those hard conversations of, you know, four years from now, what is a successful collegiate career for you? What do you want to get out of this? For some people, it's just, I want to compete at the next level and see how fast I can run. And maybe that means for the men, trying to go from a 425 to a 415 mile. For other athletes, it's I want to win a conference championship. I want to get a team to cross country nationals. And I want to try to qualify for nationals myself. Um, so we look for kind of, I'd say, both ends of that. But the biggest thing is the want to do it and the dedication that they've shown over you know, their four years in high school or however long they've been competing that they don't just do it because they're good. And I think we all know some athletes that it's like, they were blessed with this amazing talent, but they hate running. And at a school like GW, where we're still getting established, and we've done a good job of sending someone to first round every year now the past four years, starting with myself. Uh, and then last year, we sent someone to cross-country nationals. You know, we, we're doing a good job of moving up the ladder, but we're not going to take someone on who I think, you know, is going to make us plateau or take a step back just to focus on, you know, oh, well, I'm really good. So what we're looking for is people who have that drive and two, like they want to be a part of something. You know, we're still looking last year. We got second in the conference in cross country. You know, I, I tell every recruit like very few programs are in a position to win a first conference championship. You have the people that seem to do it every year. And then there's the people who are never in the mix. Very few kind of make that jump to where they're now competing for conference titles. And we're right there. So whether it's in three weeks or it's next year in the fall, we are going to win that first conference championship. And we are going to send a team to nationals. So if you want to be a part of the first team to do it, it doesn't matter if you do it the next hundred years, there's always going to be that first team. So I think it's cool to start up a program and kind of leave, leave, leave a legacy as opposed to kind of going in and just being the next chapter. Yeah. I mean, shoot, that was kind of what Furman was for us. You yeah. know, we all, we all came in and I don't, I don't remember if they won a conference championship, but I know it had been a really, really, it really been long a minute. time. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, that was really cool to be part of that. And obviously you were a part of, of a couple of a couple of those teams. I was one and done. Um, but, um, but yeah, no, I'm sure it's cool to ha speak from, from, from experience to, you know, to the athletes. I, I, I feel like that's one reason why I love my coach. I mean, she ran 201 in the 800 and my assistant coach ran 145. And I feel like for an athlete, it means so much. Um, oh, she's been there. Yeah, I think that, you know, I rely on my times at, at Furman and GW uh, a bunch. And I think there are some coaches that do a great job of, you know, they might not have gone through it, but they've worked with now enough people who have done it to where they've picked it up. But when I'm talking to some of these high school seniors or some of these graduate transfers, especially for the graduates, it's like, hey, I was in your exact situation three years ago. I, I went through it. I was on a top program and I wanted to get the most out of myself. I came to GW, I PR'd in every event. I got my dream job out of it. I was like, if that's not what you're looking for, then I don't think you're doing this for the right reasons. Um, and at the end of the day, uh, I think we have a very unique situation going on here, being in the heart of one of the best cities in the country. Um, every single person who's come into our program has PR'd. Uh, and I, I'll put that up against most programs to see who can actually say that. So uh, I'm excited about where we're at and where we're heading. We got a lot of you know really interested young runners, um, and it's it's been good times in the district. It's treated me well, so I'm I'm happy to be here. Good man, and you're wearing a beautiful di uh, district. I'm assuming track club. Uh, That's right, baby. And so now let's talk about your own running. Um, we haven't talked about. I mean, you and I haven't really talked about our running, but um, uh, what is your running looking like these days? And are you a part of the district track club? Yeah. So uh, the. My own running is a little complicated, but I'm actually, yeah, the assistant tra uh, coach for District Track Club as well. So I've been kind of splitting my time between GW and District. So um, I'll work out District in the morning with head coach Tom Brumlick uh, on Monday, Wednesday, and then I'll go there Friday. And then I'm at GW in the afternoons for their track sessions Monday, Wednesday. I run practice Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday for them. 
uh, it's busy. It's a lot of a lot of practices to be at, but I, I wouldn't change it for the world. I, I was brought into district to help uh, Coach Brumlick coach uh, in, in last fall, so I'm a little a year in now. Um, and this in 2019, we had three guys qualify for the World Champs in Doha, and now we're kind of gearing up to see how many people we can get to the Olympic Games, not just to qualify, but to make a final. And you know, as, you know as well as anyone, if you can put yourself in position maybe walk away with a medal. Now, I don't know if they're going to go for a gold like Grey Wolf over here, but, um, you know, we're trying to put ourselves in position to have those kind of opportunities. So it's been nice to also get to learn from them because that's that's not a situation that I was in. So getting to see what these world-class athletes do on a day-to-day basis, how they show up to practice, how they get ready, how they handle race day nerves, you know, all that stuff, they still deal with it at that level. I feel like some people think like, oh, well, they just get everything. Um, and sometimes the conversations aren't too different with uh, a new runner and someone who's, you know, Edos, who's run 144 for 800 meters is like, they still go through what your everyday runners go through. So um, it's been great to kind of learn from them. And then for my own running, uh, yeah, last year, Nate's going to love this. I actually got up to, I went, spent a month in Boulder in March when the pandemic started. I figured, all right, let's get away for a little bit, focus on some running. And I put up five consecutive uh, 100 plus mile weeks, uh, starting with my first ever 100 mile week up in Boulder. Uh, had some really good running up there. And then I, I struggled a bit with just the idea of like, you know, like I said, with when I'm recruiting, why am I doing this? There was no races going on. I'm now coaching four programs when you think about it with the men and women at district and now the men and women at GW. Uh, and I was, am I being selfish by focusing on my own running? Is that taking away from my abilities to coach? So for, uh, I think in August, September, I, d- I didn't run much, but you know, uh, I'm getting, I'm getting back into it. I'm starting to work out again, getting a little bit itchy to, to race. So, um, if some races pop up, I- I'd love to throw my hat in and kind of see what I can do in the, the mile up to the 5k. Uh, but for now, you know, top priority is always going to be coaching at GW, coaching at district. And if I can run some fast times along the way, you know, that would be cool too. Yeah. And I'm, I'm curious, like what that internal dialogue was like, cause I remember after finishing at South Alabama, I thought I was done. Like I thought I was done and uh, it was really, really hard for me to kind of let it go. And, um, and then obviously, I mean, I'm so lucky to have a, par- a Paralympic opportunity, but like, what is that re- relationship like? And is it like a kind of tug of war? Like, oh, like some days it's like, damn, like, like I can still do this, but it's like at the end of the day, like, should I still do this? Yeah. And I, I think you kind of just hit it on the head. I distinctly remember, like I said, I was putting in a ton of miles. I was running really well. It's definitely the fittest I'd ever been. And I just wasn't really racing. And it got to the point where, and anyone who's done this at a high level understands, like you get to a point where if you want to improve, it's going to take a lot of work. And I just remember going out for, it was every day I was basically going for a 10 mile run. Um, And I made it two miles. I just stopped. I was like, why am I doing this? I was like, I don't want to run 10 miles right now. I want to hang out with my roommate. I want to enjoy the summer. And I, I, it no longer felt like it was something I wanted to do. And it felt like it was now getting in the way of what I do, did want to do. Um, so I, I took a step back and I didn't run much at all for two months. I was like, let me focus on recruiting. Let me focus on coaching. Let me have some, like try to have some fun, which during a pandemic wasn't super easy to do. But it was like, let's just hang out and not feel like I need to set an alarm to, to go off for a 10-mile run every day. Uh, and then that probably lasted about two months. And then I started to go for some runs again, you know, just four miles, five miles. Uh, some of the team would ask me to hop in, you know, one of their, like, longer workouts. And then it was like, all right, let me, you know, let me go out for to the track for a workout. Let's see how this feels. And it was fun. And once again, kind of said it was like it was something I want to do. So now uh, – I still definitely fit running around my day. It's it's not my top priority, and I'm no longer so paranoid about missing a run. Like I keep meaning to do some kind of double. That has not happened, <laughs> but it's like I'm I'm having fun with it. So I'll do a couple workouts a week. I try to get in a long run, but you know what? If if something pops up and I have to deal with it, I'm not going to lose sleep over over training. And I, I think that's another thing athletes will learn is. If you want to be competitive at the top level, you have to be all in. Absolutely. 
but you can still get better, improve, build off your fitness um, by just being you know consistent. So whether that's six days a week or seven days a week, yeah, maybe I'll never hit my full potential, but I'll get pretty damn close. So I'm happy with where I'm at now. It's a it's a new relationship with running. It's definitely not 100 mile weeks. I'm struggling to hit 70, but you know what? It's it's been fun, and for me, that's kind of what I'm looking for now. It's just having fun with it, uh, enjoying getting to race people like you. Um, just you know, yeah, seeing what I can do. But for now, it's definitely coach cake before uh, athlete cake. Yes, no, 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 for sure. And I obviously, I mean, I I know you've seen these crazy college times that have been recently thrown down. And obviously, I know you're obviously focused on your team. And like you said, you have championships coming up. But what are your thoughts on how fast people in the NCAA are running right now? Like, I remember when four flat was like, oh, yeah, like, dude, like, that's so sweet. And now it's just like, oh, yeah, like 50 people break it. Yeah, uh, I think as of today, there are 30 Division One athletes that have broken four in the mile. Um, and then you'll look, there are teams like Virginia Tech. They have four guys on their indoor roster and a fifth who has outdoor who are under four right now. Uh, Ole Miss, I think, has four guys under four. And it used to be if you had one or two guys, it's like, wow, that's like mile you right there. If you want to be a miler, you can go there. And now it's like, look, at Oregon has three guys under 355, and I'm sure they have other guys on the roster that can do it. Um I think it's inspiring over anything, it's seeing what people are doing. And it, it goes back to the idea of we kind of lost a year for a bit. We lost a year. We weren't able to compete. And now people are showing up and they're making the most of their opportunities. They're, they're being competitive. People aren't afraid to kind of go out and put themselves out there. And if I'm a younger runner, if I'm in high school or I'm one of these younger college kids, I'm looking at this and I see, you know, Cooper Tier, Cole Hawker run 350. And it's like, well, I'm not 10 seconds slower in a mile than anybody I'm trying to compete against if I'm a college runner. So it's like, why can't I break four? And I think, you know, use what other people are doing to kind of ignite your own motivation and your own, you know, goals here. We used to do it at Furman all the time with teammates. And I think what, that's one of the best parts of a group, similar to why I think people that are able to get in a post-collegiate group do so well is when you're doing something day in, day out with your teammates, Maybe you don't have that breakthrough and you're struggling to put it together in a race, but you see your teammate do it and it's like, well, I, I'm with them every day. I'm doing everything they're doing. Maybe I, I won't run exactly what they do, but I'll be close. So if they're PRing and they're out here competing like this, I know I'm in that ballpark. So all I have to do is keep showing up, keep putting in the work, and it will happen for me. It might not be the next race. It might not be the race after that, but it, it will happen. Um, so that's what I take away from all these kind of crazy times is, if you're willing to put the work in, you might not run 350 for the mile, but you know, you're going to be happy with what you do run. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, I really started this podcast just for like younger athletes to kind of just click around and have some, you know, really good athletes come yeah. on and just be like, um, and learn from maybe some of our, some of our mistakes or things that really worked for us, uh, reflecting on, you know, your running career. Is there one or one or two things you kind of wish you knew kind of earlier, or maybe you listened to a coach earlier? Definitely. <laughs> there, you know, there are definitely some things, you know, there are races I wish I, I could have back. Uh, and I, I was actually thinking about this uh, on my run earlier today. I, I think my biggest thing, and it was a blessing and a curse, uh, was, you know, I always had a little bit of a chip on my shoulder. I was a good high school runner. You know, I helped my team win a, a team state title, finished second individually in the state. But I wasn't, you know, a 405 guy out of out of high school. I was a 422 junior in high school. Good, not great. But I knew I could do it. And that's something I that I never lost that. I always knew I could do it and I knew if I kept showing up it would happen. But I was always chasing times. I was always chasing times. So it was like if I run this time, you know, coaches are going to think I'm fast, my teammates are going to think I'm fast. Um, and that's all I cared about. But as you get older, as you get more mature, you realize the people that don't appreciate what you're doing will never appreciate what you're doing. So they don't care if you go out and PR because it'll be, well, you didn't run this or you didn't do that. But when you take a step back and you look at your teammates like Nate or my family or my close friends, it didn't matter if I went out and won or got last, they're going to be like, hey, did you try your best? Did you put yourself out there? Are you happy with it? And they tell me, great job. 
And I spent too much time trying to, you know, prove myself to people who honestly didn't care what I did and will never care as opposed to being like, Hey, you worked really hard. So why don't you just put yourself in a race and do it for you, do it for the people that support you. So that'd be my biggest advice to anyone is don't waste your breath. Don't waste your energy trying to prove people wrong because they don't care. They won't care. It's not worth it. So do it for the people that love you. Do it for yourself and um, focus on competing. That was something I, I never could do, but it's, it's what every coach will tell you. Like, Hey, if you can win a race, you keep winning races. One of them is going to be fast as opposed to being like so caught up in splits. And it's one of the reasons I think I could potentially be a good coach is I was always like very numbers driven when it came to the races. I always knew per hundred what I was trying to run. So the second I would hear a split that was just a little off, it would be like, <gasps> I'm off, I'm off my pace. What do I do? And it's like, calm down. It'll pick back up and you're going to be fine. And it took me a long time to get used to that. Um, but once I did, and I, I think that was something I learned at George Washington, uh, I didn't care so much about whether I was hitting the splits. It was, am I in position to win this race? Am I in position to stick with this pack? And then you do that and you, you do run some fast times and I was able to PR. So I think just not focusing on the time and, you know, really just enjoying the process, putting in the work, learning how to compete. If you can win races, you'll run fast. And, and that was something I, I, didn't spend enough time focusing on when I was younger. Yeah, I know. I I think uh, one quote that I heard it was, "Don't prove others wrong, but prove yourself right." And yeah. I I think that's obviously um, you know I have a chip on my shoulder as well um, from a little go uh, errant golf ball. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, I, I think it's something that you know uh, maybe we're still learning. I'm still I'm still trying to learn it for sure. Um, and, and and it's funny just like reflecting on it and being like, man, I wish I could have just done this. But sometimes it's, you know, um, sometimes you get better advice than actually taking it in your yeah. own life. Or sometimes it takes you like seeing someone else make the same mistake that you make. And it's like, man, why, why are you doing it like this? Do it like that. And then it's like, it's the glass shatters. And it's like, oh, I do that. I make that mistake all the time. Um, and that's where I think coaching helps you as an athlete too. Like whether you're someone who's helping out at, you know, your old high school or a local high school or even a youth group. Um, sometimes just talking it out and talking more about racing practice. Something I talk about all the time is, you know, that those race day nerves dealing with expectations. These are all things we all struggle with. Um, but actually speaking them out and trying to help someone else sometimes help you kind of view your own shortcomings. Yeah. And just one question, one, one quick question just popped in my head. What do you, I know like really at Furman, we never talked about like uh, mindset or um, like working with a sports psych. Um, and I really didn't even hear it in college at all, but what do you tell your uh, college kids and do you guys work with sports psych or do you meditate yeah. or anything like that? So we're, we're pretty fortunate here at GW. We work with a couple people. Um, one, we bring in a sports psych to the department uh, every other week, his name is Brian Levinson. And I actually worked with him my, my fifth year, a little quick story with it. Um, once again, I, I was always, uh, I came in and I, I was supposed to be the top guy. And it's like, so it's like, okay, I can never lose to a teammate, which isn't true. Um, or it's like, I always have to do this or they're going to be disappointed in me. And I remember we went up to, it was the last invite before our conference championship for cross country. And I wasn't used to any of these meets. I just spent four years down in the South. So I, I thought we were going to like a little dinky meet where there was no good teams. And I was like, I, I should win. And I didn't talk to my coach about it beforehand, but I was like, I should win this race. Turns out it's a very competitive meet. And so we go out in the front. I thought it was slow and I took the lead in the first mile. And then I start getting like gobbled up a little bit. I'm slipping around. I drop out of the race. I pull out. I was like, I can't do it. I started to have a panic attack. I was like, well, what's going on? I'm like, I'm not good. And the guys I was running with ended up running like 24 flat. So once again, I just had no idea. A little stupid athlete. I had no idea what was going on. But I remember talking to my coach about it. And one of the first thing he said to me was, are you okay? He wasn't like, what happened out there? Like you cost our team. He goes, are you okay? And I was like, yes. And I explained what was going on. He's like, all right, we're going to have you, you're, you're going to, we're going to set you up with Brian. You can go in and talk to him. Um, 
he told me that he, I was like, I don't want you working out on Tuesday. We're going to sit you out one, figure out what's going on. And that was kind of the first time I felt like it wasn't like, Hey, you need to figure out on your own or like, you're not, we're not going to race you or you're not going to get this opportunity. Don't get me wrong. I understand every place will be different. There's only so many people that can go to a meet, but like not having that pressure on me and allowing me to go see Brian and, and talk it out. I ended up coming back the next week, finishing fifth in the conference. Um, I will say I also took the lead in that one. Didn't quite hold on to it. But uh, me meeting with Brian those few times I did my fifth year led to some really big breakthroughs for me. Uh, and then we also work with – his name's Phil Wharton. Um, if you ever see anyone doing any kind of rope stretching, him and his father are kind of like the forefathers of that. But Phil also does a lot of mindset stuff with us. So we actually have our first session with him this semester tomorrow with the team. So we'll go over visualization – um, mindset, dealing with nerves, everything that's kind of tied in with that. And it was, not everything's going to work for everyone. Sometimes people will go in, and I'll be honest, for me, visualization isn't something that gets me motivated. I try to get in that zone, you know, f- focus on the race, but then I hear something or I think about something else, and it's, it just doesn't work for me. But there are some people where that form of meditation is perfect. So I think mental health the mental side of the sport is just as important, if not more than the physical side, because you can get as fit as can be, but if you can't put it together upstairs, it's not going to happen. So I think by putting an emphasis on both, which we definitely do with people like Brian and Phil coming in to speak with the team, uh, speak with them before races. Sometimes we'll have Phil travel with us. Uh, It gives them another outlet because you know what? I mean, we can both relate to this. Sometimes you want your coach to be the athletic person. And it's like, I don't want to go to him or her with my problems, what I'm struggling with. I want, I just want to, you know, be the best athlete I can be, but you need that other person to be like, Hey, like what's going on with this? How, how do we approach this? Um, and that's really how you become a, a well-rounded athlete. Is, is that something you guys work with up at Vic city? Yeah, no, it's made a huge impact on my, on my career. Yeah. We work with a guy called John Coleman and it's, everything's integrated. Like our, our coaches have, uh, a meeting every week with him. And obviously he doesn't share like the stuff that we say that he can't share. Yeah. He, he just kind of gives a summary and being like this, like he's feeling he's in the red, green or yellow um, kind of type thing. And like, it's for me, it was just so interesting how things outside of the track really affected uh, things on the track. And like, as you know, I'm a pretty fiery person. I kind of have a, like a effort mindset um, like if you doubt me, like F you kind of type thing. And so we like created a, a own mentality for on the track where it's like kind of like that. But other than that, like on the other side, I'm just like chilling and I meditate, which is super funny. Nate meditating is like really funny. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's made a huge difference and like probably six or seven of my teammates like swear by him, which is, which That's is really awesome. Cool. Yeah. It's uh it's funny something that I remember looking up and I actually think it was my fifth year. I was reading this study that talks about how, uh, the body doesn't know the difference between physical stress and emotional mental stress. It just, uh, notices stress. So when you're going through a a traumatic event or you have a lot going on in your life, you know, the natural instinct as an athlete is I'm not going to let it bother me. I'm just going to, you know, tough through this, just like I do with my races and my workouts. I'm going to show up and I'm going to get it in any way. And, you know, for a small amount of time, you probably can do that. You can kind of tough your way through it. But after a while, you're doing double workouts on those days. You're not getting recovered now because you're not sleeping well. You're, you're thinking about it. You're fighting it. Your body's always in a state of stress. So I think under, once you understand that of, hey, I need to deal with this so I can get back to focusing on the workouts, uh, the better you're going to be. Cause, and I know that's easier for some people than others, but just finding someone you're comfortable with whether that, you know, a teammate, coach, someone who, uh, you know, a sports psych, if you have access to it, just finding something that works for you, or sometimes it's even just self-meditating, finding that outlet is going to make you a better athlete. And the sooner you realize that, you know, it's just the, the better career, the, the better time you're going to have with it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we have a, uh, we have a fan question from oh, Sprague. No. Sprague. Um, he said, any advice for a washed up college runner trying to get back into training? Yes, absolutely. It's funny. I was just, uh, I was just talking about Austin the other day. So appreciate the question, Austin. Um, 
my first thing that I would say to anyone who's either trying to get back into it or, you know, they did it years ago and they're trying to find their way again, uh, stop comparing yourself. Like someone like Austin was a very, very high level, great collegiate runner. Uh, hope maybe you get back there. Maybe you don't. You, you have a different body now. You have different focuses. You have different interests. Um, find different things to do that you didn't do before. So something I always like having people do is if you are a 5K runner, um, maybe drop down and try to do like a road mile or do a trail race. So, you know, it's, it's very rare in our sport that you get a PR. It's like if you never did it before, it's an automatic PR. So it's trying to find things that you haven't done before. So you're still able to kind of have some success without having to compare yourself to, oh, I used to be able to do 100 miles a week. I used to do 18 mile long runs at, you know, six flat. It's find things, uh, other things to do with the training, supplement it with uh, more weight sessions, more flexibility, strengthening, general strength stuff that will not only help your running or help your athletics, but also help you in day-to-day lives. Like the stresses that comes with the nine to five, those really add up too. So getting in to get a good stretch, even if you didn't work out that day is going to do tons for your body. So I think understanding that you're in a new chapter and just see where that goes. Don't worry about what you did before because uh, that's not you anymore. Maybe you get better than that, but maybe you just have fun with it. So I, I think finding new ways to do it uh, is always a, a good way to go. No, I think I think that's some really, really good advice. And so I have some like rapid fire kind of funny, um, a couple ones that are going to make you laugh. Um, so first off, Kobe or LeBron? You know that's a tough one for me. So for everyone, I'm a huge, 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 huge Lakers fan. And this is tough. I have to say Kobe. I have to say Kobe, RIP, the GOAT, my GOAT. Um, I love what LeBron's doing in L.A. He looks better than ever, probably because of his recovery. Uh, But I got to go with Kobe. What Kobe did for L.A. for so long – on teams that had really had no business being good and bring, bringing those championships in and also just athletes in general. Um, you know, Kobe didn't have a, a perfect career. He went through his own adversity and some of it he brought onto himself, but I think he did show that what you did in the past doesn't necessarily hold you to one point. He bettered himself on and off the court. Uh, and he really became uh, someone that a lot of us could look up to. So, for that reason, I'm, I'm going to have to go with Kobe, but I love what LeBron does on and off the court. He's a great guy, great for the team. Uh, if he brings us a few more championships, maybe I'll change my answer. <laughs> I love it. I love it. New York or D.C.? Okay, that's another tough one. That is another tough one. If we're going New York City versus D.C., I'm going to go D.C. in a landslide because New York is gross. It's overpopulated. You can't get anywhere. I hate their subway system. DC has a very clean metro. Uh, It's the perfect size. It's kind of a smaller, big city. Um, It's super easy to navigate, and it's amazing running. Like I can get on a different trailhead every day of the week if I wanted to. Uh, And I I really have like grown to love DC. But if we're going upstate New York versus DC, I'm gonna have to go with upstate. That's just home. It's home for me. It's where my family is. It's where I grew up. Uh, it's always relaxing. Uh, not as much hustle and bustle. I always say I think the best place for me would be like 15 to 30 minutes outside of the city where you can go get away, kind of unplug. But if you want to go in and have some fun, it's right there. I love it. I love it. I love it. Uh, if you could run with anyone dead or alive, who would it be and where would it would it go down? That is a really tough question. Uh, if I could run with anyone dead or alive, who would it be? Hmm. And where? So my favorite place that I've ever run is, is Boulder. I, I loved running around the resin Boulder. I loved getting to do mags. Um, if I could go for a long run on mags, I'm going to go with someone who's alive, but no longer competing. Uh, I think I might go with Kyle Merber. He was someone that I really looked up to when I was younger. 
Uh, he kind of came back from a few injuries when not everyone thought he would and put together a great career. I think he's great for the sport and what he does now with his social media, uh, the, the Long Island Mile that he sets up. I'd love to get to pick his brain a bit um, and just kind of let him know kind of what he meant for a lot of us New Yorkers at that time. Um, but my, my second answer would be if I could just get another long run in with all my teammates, um, get everyone together again, that would, that would be a great time. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's definitely a good choice, and especially from the Northeast, of course. I I figured he was definitely in your top five. So um, if your life was a movie, what would be the title? Piece of cake. Uh, TikTok or Instagram? That is another t- – I, man, I spend too much time on both of these. Uh, I – post more on Instagram, but if I need to decompress after like a long day of work, hard workout, I'm going to TikTok for some laughs. So if we're saying one has to go, I'd probably get rid of TikTok because I have more of my family on Instagram. You know, those old people, they're not, they don't quite get TikTok yet. So I'll I'll keep Instagram, but TikTok definitely is a, a good source of laughter for me. Awesome. This is one we were debating at practice the other day. Um, and U.S. trials champ in the fifteen hundred. Okay, so, so there's like who, there's on, like so. who I there's, <laughs> there's like who I want to win, um, and then who do I think will win? And sometimes it's the same person. I want Centro to win. I think. He's being so disrespected and not with, not with like the little Instagram comments. I think that's funny, all good fun, but people forget how good Centro is. People forget how good of a racer he is. People forget what he's done. Give that man two weeks of healthy running. And I think he has a great shot of winning uh, the U S champs. That being said with the running that's going on right now and the way it's progressing, Cooper Tier might be the favorite to win the 1500. He only ran only in that 350, 335, but indoors, I think there's a good chance that you see uh, Cooper Tier win the the U.S. Uh, trials. But you know, you you do have someone like Centro, uh, Craig Engels, who it's like with some of the experienced runners, they've been there, they get it, they've gone through it. That's something that I think the younger guys, no matter how fast they run aren't really going to understand when they get there going through rounds will be something to the longer collegiate season. But, uh, if those young guys are there with a lap left, I I'd be worried. Yeah. Absolutely. What did you guys say? Um, I become, I'm not going to pretend like I'm friends with Craig, but when I went up to St. Moritz, Switzerland, him and I ran four or five times together, me, him yeah. and Sam Parsons. And so I've become like decently close with, uh, Craig. So, I'm biased. I'm not to say Craig. Um, he's a, he, I would love to see Craig win. I think he's great for the sport too. Uh, oh, he's really a fun guy. Um, yeah, really cares about people, and I think he's in it for the right reasons. So it's going to be interesting. That is going to be, yeah. I think, one of the most contentious races at the the U.S. Champs will be the 1500, just because I think it's pretty wide open with not only who's going to win, but who who makes the team. Yeah, and I've been joking around about whatever track Jacob Ingebrigtsen ran three thirty one jogging at that track. Yeah. <laughs> He's not, man, some of the times, like you said, we've been seeing. It seems like every every time I open up Twitter, I'm seeing someone set a national record, um, national top five, top ten all time indoor time. When are we gonna see you race again, Nate? I'm supposed to go to Paris in May. Um, which should be fun. And then we actually, I'm supposed to race next weekend uh, here in Victoria. Um, awesome. My team's putting on three local meets, three weekends in a row. And I'm running a 3K, a 5K, and a 15. Um, They're making you run some laps. Yeah. So we've been doing a lot of like 5K indicator workouts and stuff like that. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, we're, we're, Is that <laughs> we're outdoors? outdoors, I'm assuming. Outdoors. Yeah. Like it's so funny. Like, everyone here, um, they're like, you live in Canada. It must be so cold. I'm like, bro, it's Seattle. That's what I like, say. It's practically Seattle. Seattle. Like it'll we're rain. on Vancouver Island. It'll rain on you for sure. Yeah, it'll it, it it'll rain. I'm like, dude, we're like 60 miles from uh, Seattle. Like, <laughs> like we are so close. Um, yeah. But yeah, so um, yeah, well, it should be fun. Awesome. Yeah, no, for sure. And my last two questions that I ask everyone 
uh, first? Where can people find you? People can find me uh, on all social medias. I think it's uh, Matt underscore Lang 95 on Instagram. That's probably the best way if anyone wanted to reach out, do that on Instagram or Twitter uh, or, you know, the old fashioned email. If you're a recruit out there and you're looking to talk some college running or looking for a place to be, like I said, I think we have a lot of cool things going on here at GW and in DC. So my email is Matthew underscore Lang, L-A-N-G-E, 95 at gwu.edu. And I promise I'll respond. So if you even want to talk some running, that's, that's a good place to come find me. Awesome. And TikTok, well, TikTok too. Oh, dude, TikTok is so addicting. Uh, <laughs> lastly, uh, our last deep, deep question, uh, what do you want your impact to be on the world? And this can be just like wherever you want to take it. Yes, that is a deep one. That is a, that a good question. Um, I, I would love my impact to be like when people 80, 90, 150 years from now when I go and it's like, what did I do? It was he was kind to people. He treated everyone the same way. He made people laugh uh, and, he, and he got people to kind of look at the bright side and uh, make the most of their situations. Um, I think, you know, not everyone's dealt the same hand in life but there are still hands we can play. So I think trying to make the most of that and enjoy what we do have while we have it. Um, you know, we're not here forever. So just trying to make the most of it and enjoy, enjoy your family and friends while you can. That, that'd be what I hope my impact is. And it's, it's something I hope I do as well. I love it, man. I love it. I love it. Well, man, thanks so much for taking the time. It's uh, something I've been really wanting to do just talk to you in general. So no, it was, it was yeah, really I cool. appreciate uh, it, man. It, well, I get for 15 minutes. So it's, it it's, uh, it's been great following along on social media, kind of seeing everyone you have come on, what you and your group are doing is great. I'll put it out there right now. I'm talking to the Paralympic gold medalist come 2021. Everyone else better get training because this guy's coming for gold. So I uh, appreciate you having me on real quick birthday. Shout out to my mom. I was just on the phone with her, but I got to say happy birthday, Gene. I uh, appreciate everything you do for me. And uh, Nate, thanks for having me. Of course, my man. I want to say thank you so much to Matt Lang for jumping on the podcast, man. That was such a fun conversation. And going forward, really for my podcast, I just want the opportunity to have anyone on who just wants to have a conversation um, around track and field, around adversity, uh, around personal growth. I, I love those certain topics. And honestly, I learned so much even from Matt. I mean, last time him and I ran together, I really um, sat down and talked. It was, we were both in college on the same team at Furman. So um, that was really fun for me. And I hope that you guys enjoyed it. Um, if you want to be a guest on the podcast or you have someone who would think would be great on the podcast, please feel free to either um, send me a DM at Shadjah's Grey Wolf or at Nate Grey Wolf. Um, and thank you so much for listening and we'll catch you next time.